Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Stolen Goodbyes podcast with me, Karen Rice. This is being recorded remotely due to the COVID-19 restrictions. Today, I'm joined by Brielle Adams from New Jersey in the States, who lost her adoptive father, Leo Adams, to COVID-19 on April the 2nd. Leo was from Sweetwater in Alabama. Welcome, Brielle. Thank you. I just wanted to begin by asking you what Leo was like as a person and as a father, because I know you are very, very close. Um, as a person, he was, he was very caring. It was never about himself. He would give you, like, if you didn't have any shoes, he would give you the shoes off his feet if they were your size. And he, I mean, he was also very funny. Me and him, we, we used to make jokes all the time. And we would laugh. And as I moved away from home, anytime I wasn't feeling right, I would call him, like, just to hear his voice. And I could never lie to him about my feelings. I could tell him I was all right. And he'd be like, Brielle, I know you. He's like, there's something wrong with you. And that was just the type of person he really was. He was so unselfish. He sounds like he was a good man to know in a crisis. He was. Can you think of any times when he really helped you out when you were, if you were in trouble or having problems, when he really went beyond the call of duty to to help you? Um, there were plenty of times when he did that. I remember this one time. He had promised to buy me something. He had promised to buy me a new tablet and he realized he didn't really have the full price and he didn't want to disappoint me and I've and I when I knew he didn't and I knew he didn't have the full price and I told him that it was okay we could wait another day and he was like no we're not waiting another day he was like I promised you this on this day you're going to get it. And he, within a couple of hours, he somehow got all the money. He got the rest of the money because so he was just so determined to get it that day. A hero dad. Yeah. And in terms of the background, he was your foster father first. Can you explain what happened? So I came into his care when I was two years old came into his care when I was two years old and it started out as an emergency placement. I was supposed to be with him and my mom only for a few weeks and instantly he fell in love with me and he wanted me to stay. Him and my mom was just like, she's not going nowhere. And they asked my caseworker, they could just adopt me and they had to wait a while. And it seems like ever since the first time we met, I mean, I was scared of him the first time we met, but after that, it was just like, we were just inseparable. That's wonderful. And he then went on to adopt you. 
Yeah, she adopted me in 2004. So you it was were... a little birthday present. Oh, really? Do you, it was, it, do you remember that? Yeah. It was an exact two weeks before my birthday. Before your eighth birthday, was it? Before my eighth birthday. And so what happened? Can you recall what happened and how you felt? You know, I remember my dad and my mom telling me that they were going to adopt me and they were playing around with my name. And I was just like, well, why don't you just add your last name? And so they was like, okay. And adoption day came. My dad could not stop taking pictures because my dad was also a cameraman when it came to having his camera. And then I remember after the adoption was finalized, when me and him went back home, he called everybody whose name he had in his cell phone book to tell them my new name. And if they didn't answer, he left my name on their voicemail. Wonderful. He was majorly excited and proud. He was. He sounds gorgeous. Like I said, you know, my dad was 80, my dad was 85. And, you know, I've been with, I've been alive since his late sixties. I do not know a lot of foster parents who will take in a two-year-old once they reach the age of 65. But the fact that he did it and raised me to the best of his capabilities, it shows a lot. In terms of his most lovable qualities, I know caring, Um, selfless. His most lovable quality, I think it was that he was just so unselfish that was just the most number one thing about him how he was willing to do anything for somebody even to give up everything he had can you think of an example of that um he did a lot of work in the community is that right he did he was a school crossing guard for 15 years and even thinking about thinking back to his time as a crossing guard, you know, crossing guards, they're just required to help kids across the street. And then at the end of the shift, they go home. My dad was the type of person, he didn't, he didn't do that. He, sometimes the kids would go down to his post to wait for their parents. And if they were still there when he was getting ready to leave, it wasn't his responsibility. It was not in his job title and job description to stay with them and go home, but he stayed. And then even if there was no kids at his post waiting to go home, he would go up to, he would go to the school, the school he was crossing guard that was like right up the street and he would check to see if there were any kids left at the school. And then he would wait until, cause the school had a bus monitor, bus aide who would walk to the school every day. And he would make sure that they got home before he left. So it's like he had his job duty, but he took it even further just to make sure that people were safe. That sounds brilliant. He sounds great. And can you tell me what you miss about him now on a daily basis? I miss his laugh. You know, I miss calling him when something's wrong with me. You know, it's like, yeah. What was his laugh like? Can you describe it? It it had a lot of heart in it. And it wasn't, it, you know, it never sounded fake. 
it was just his laugh was pretty much full of life. It's like his laugh was like if he started laughing, it made you laugh. Did he have a favorite saying, or was there ever something that he always liked to do? He loved going to Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts was his thing, and he had always had one particular order. What was it? Medium French vanilla decaf with cream and sugar and a glazed donut. If there was no glazed donut, he got a glazed coraler donut. Wonderful. And you were obviously on those trips with him <laughs> all through the years. I mean, even when I um, attended college for a semester, he would always call me and say, hey, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. Do you want anything? And I would tell him, I was tell him orange soda. And he would say he's getting the orange soda, but then he'll show up 15 minutes later with two or three bottles of orange juice instead. Was that okay? I mean, it was. I, I always found it funny. And for me, I just always laughed about it because I didn't want to seem ungrateful. Yeah. Knowing that it was something that it wasn't like orange juice was something I didn't like. It was something I liked. So I took it because I feel like at the end of the day, I was already 18. So it was like, he didn't have to do it, but he did. Did he get the juice because it was healthier? Or? Um, he couldn't tell the difference. Oh, right. Okay. It's just something that he did. Yeah. I see. Okay. And, um, do you have a, a treasured item now uh, of his or that he gave you something that is special to you now? Um, I actually have this bracelet. It has his name on it. I didn't know that it existed, but I had got it from my mom right after Thanksgiving when she had gave me some of his items. Sorry, Brielle, can I ask you, when was the last time that you saw your dad? I saw him October 18, 2018. Okay, and you were at the time living in Florida? I was living, so I've been moving around a lot for these past few years. I was living in New York. I was in trade school, and he had surprised me at my trade school graduation. Oh, wonderful. That was in the October, was it? Yes. So he turned up by surprise? Yes, I, um, I only knew that my godmother and one of my cousins were coming. And when I had marched in with my class and I got to my row, I looked up and I saw my dad waving at me. How did you feel? I, I was excited. I even turned around and almost cried. That was a lovely thing for him to do. Yeah, and that, would, yeah, that was the last time I saw him. But until his death, I always kept in touch with him. Okay, so tell me what happened then. So you had, obviously, he turned up by surprise to your graduation. You were in regular contact. So when did he fall ill? When did you begin to know that something wasn't right? So looking at the timeline, because I had called my mom to find out that something had happened. Looking at a timeline, it was the last full week of March of 2020. I had called my mom the first Monday of, I mean, not the first Monday, the last Monday of March, which that week was going into the first 
few, also the first few days of April. And I called my mom and she said, Brie, your father, she was like, I tried texting you last week, but I got no response. And she was like, your father is in the hospital. His health declined. At the time we meet, at the time we did not know it was COVID because I know my mom would have told me immediately that it was COVID, but she told me a few weeks later. And when she told me that his health declined, I didn't ask how serious it was, but I somehow knew that it was really serious. And I knew he was gonna die that week. I just felt something in my heart that said, your father's gonna die this week. What were the symptoms? What did you know at that point? The only symptoms I know he had was breathing. So what, he just struggled to breathe at home one day? Yeah, he was in a nursing home. Okay, so your father's health had deteriorated, is that right? Yes. And he suffered from dementia, is that right? Yes. Okay, so at that point he was in a nursing home and he struggled to breathe and then he was taken to hospital? Yes. And what happened then? From there, um, so what actually they were were doing to him in the hospital to me remains unknown because I did not contact my mother again until talked to her that money, so I didn't contact her until that Friday to make sure he was okay. And what was happening then? When I called her that Friday, she told me that she, she, that he had died the previous day at 10 a.m. Oh my word, that must have been a, a blow, a huge blow. Um, you know, it was at the time, because for me it was like, I wasn't just living in Florida. I suffer from addiction and I was in rehab when all this went down. Oh my word. Okay. So to be in rehab and then call my mom and for her to say your dad died, it was a huge blow. And tell me, can you elaborate on how you coped, what you did, what support you had? Um, you know, I had a lot of support. Um, when I had made the phone call to my mom, I was not by myself. I was with my therapist who was not even supposed to be working that day. So it's a coincidence that she happened to be there and I happened to be with her. And she, the therapist sent out an email to all the staff and she was like, Brie needs your support. She's she was like, Brie needs your support. She did been a death in her family. And from there, it's like I just had step I had the staff making sure at all times I was okay. Clients were they made sure that like if I need somebody to talk to, that they that they they made sure I knew that they were there. Therapist was always readily available for me. What were your feelings about the fact that he had passed and you were unable to see him? You know, when he died, I, I was relieved only because, you know, he did have dementia. So for me, he was suffering. 
and I didn't want him to suffer anymore. So for me, it was like, okay, at least he's not going through that. But then thinking about myself, it was like, okay, my, for pretty much my entire life, he has been my world. And I was like, who am I supposed to call when I'm feeling, when I'm not feeling good? And, you know, I found myself even like, um, like there would be times when I, I would go to my room and I would have my room for like a few minutes to myself. But it was like the minute I would go to my room, I would just break down and cry because I was lost. What was your last conversation with your dad? My last conversation, which was February, it was Valentine's Day. He asked me when I was coming to see him. And I just told him I was going to see him soon. Was he keen for you to come home? He wanted me to come home. Why? You know, I was his baby girl. I mean, he has two other children besides me. But, you know, I was the, I'm the youngest. So it was like, I was the one he was worried about. Even though he didn't understand everything I was dealing with, he was like, you know, you need to be home with your family. So he felt that you uh, would have been safer with him? Yes. And do you regret that, not going back? I do. That's always been the number one thing I regret because I wish I would have spent more time with him. What would you have said to him? I don't think I would have never said anything. During the course of my life with him, I've always stressed how much I loved him and he knew, and he knew how much I loved him. But with him and I, by the time I moved away from home, it just became about our presence with each other. We were just happy. We didn't have to have a conversation. We were just happy to be sitting with each other, just staring at each other. You didn't have to speak? No. So you communicated without speaking? Yes. Did you have nicknames for each other? I was Piggy Boo. Did you have one for him? I mean, he was just Pops. Nice. How do you feel about the fact that you couldn't say goodbye to him? I didn't like it. For when, when I realized I couldn't say goodbye, I was just like, well, is this the type of world we actually live in now? Where somebody died and I can't even say, like, let the person know, like, hey, I'm good, I'm okay. It's time for you to go. You know, I've... I've always imagined being there when my dad took his last breath. That must be hard to accept. Yeah. Can you tell me about the funeral? What happened? So the funeral was two weeks after he died. And, you know, it was on Zoom. So I was able to Zoom in from Florida. And it was like, you know, my, it was like my dad was so important that over 100 people attended the funeral. 
I mean, at the time, there were people who still didn't know that he had died. And when I left, actually had left rehab on his birthday. And that's when I not notified the rest of the people who didn't, who didn't know. Because the community, I, the community that he served, they didn't know. So, like, the funeral's like, you know, what, like, up to the funeral. What community, hmm? what community was that? The community, um, his crossing guard community. Explain. The, um, like, his job, like, let's say he, he was a crossing guard. So, it was like, the town remembered who he was even after he retired. And I had posted that he had passed away and immediately people were commenting saying that they always wondered what happened to him. Where he had gone. Yeah. And they said that now that they knew and everybody was just talking about how, a kind, how kind and sweet, how kind and sweet caring man he was. And I told them that I appreciated everything they did because, you know, my dad worked in snow, rain, all the bad weather. And the fact that they would bring my dad coffee and stuff to make sure he was okay. I was like, you know, I appreciate what you did for him while he was alive. So he looked after everyone, but they looked after him too. Yeah. So what was that Zoom meeting like? I mean, that must have been surreal. It was, because um, like, a few days after he died, I actually had finally stopped crying about it. And I was laughing. Like, I was just laughing, hanging out with people. And, like, even right before the funeral, I was still laughing. Like, it was like, it, it looked like I had almost gotten over his death. But then when I went to zoom in on a funeral, when I saw his picture with his birthday and death date, it's like I just went through the pain again. And I just started crying. I mean, he sounds like he was your rock. He was. And, you know, I so said I started crying and then I stopped. The service began. You know, people, um, it was only people, like my dad was a churchgoer and a very active member in the church. And it was both, and it was both pastors he had served under that spoke highly of my dad. It was people from other church ministries within the church that they spoke and they spoke very highly of my dad. And then um, one of my cousins had created a video of, I don't know how many photos there were, but there were a lot of photos just showing my dad. And when they played the, when they played the video, once again, I broke down and cried. Sounds very tough. Have you been able to visit his resting place? Um, he does not have a resting place. Um, at the time, from what I've heard at the time of his passing, they were doing, the United States were only doing cremations. So he was cremated and my mom kept his ashes. Can you think of any advice that he used to give you that you think of now or you know that going forward in your life that you'll remember he always told me Bree you got this because growing up I was always complaining about wanting to quit something he always said you got this that made a difference it did knowing that he believed in me 
if you could go back in time, is there anything that you would change? If I was to go back in time, I would have never left home. Why did you leave home? I mean, most people do. Um, I left home. I mean, I was, well, I still am young. But I was a few years younger than what I am now. And I just wanted adventure. Being, you know, I was, I was 21 when I left home. So I was just looking for some type of adventure. I, I didn't know it would take me to three different states. But it was just something new. What emotions are you left feeling now following the death of your dad? Just a lot of sadness and hurt. Are you sad that he died from COVID? That that was the way he he passed? Yes. I actually found out that it was COVID within 10 minutes after the funeral ended because I called my mom right after the funeral ended. So did people know at the time of the funeral that he had suffered from COVID or not? Or you don't know? At the time of the funeral, I don't know if people knew. But I know eventually people started realizing it was COVID. Yeah. I mean, he sounds like such a kind, selfless man. So for him to to die in that way, obviously, is painful. Yeah. In terms of the future, what now for you? Um, For me, at this point, since he died, I've just been about carrying on my father's legacy. So, you know, my dad, he loved helping people. And I'm the same exact way. Probably, I think, the end of next week or the beginning of a week after next, I'm starting a job teaching. I'm going to be an assistant teacher. And, you know, I was thinking about, like, what that meant for me with my dad being gone. And I'm just like, and I was like, until I, and I was like, until I had graduated from 12th grade, my dad was there with me on every single first day of school. In a few weeks, I'm about to do a first day of school as an assistant teacher, and he's not here. But I'm like, you know, I'm carrying on the legacy of who he was. So he led, um, he led by example, and he was yeah. he was a very good example. Yeah. How do you feel about the way the government, Donald Trump, has handled the pandemic? You know, I don't like it. You know, this is not the first time that a pandemic like this really has hit. Because in 2010, there was the swine flu. And, you know, I know it was a different administration, but that got handled quick to where not as many people died. So it's like looking at the coronavirus, you know, it is suspected that it has been, it was around before people even realized it so it's like since it was really around before people really realized it it should have been it should have been stopped right then it shouldn't have been oh we know the coronavirus is here but we're going to keep going because it's not that serious that's what you felt trump's attitude was yeah i felt like right in the beginning he was not serious about it and then as time went on, he realized that millions of people were dying, thousands of people were dying. That's when it was like, okay, it's serious. We're going to do something about this. Mm. But it took thousands of people already to have died from it. What does that say about him as a leader, do you think? 
what I think it says is that he doesn't know how to prioritize things as a leader. Like for me, the way I see it, he'd rather be on Twitter tweeting at 3 a.m. in the morning instead of trying to figure out a health crisis and wait until it gets serious. Do you feel if he had acted much earlier that your dad may still be with us today? I don't know if he would have still been with us, but I feel like he would have had a better chance. What do you want Joe Biden to do? You know, I would like Joe Biden to just take this virus serious. And I know right now the numbers are going up still. So it's like with him, I just like, you know, I would just like for him to, I know he can't put a stop to it overnight and I don't expect him to, but at least start coming up with ideas besides the vaccine to get the numbers to at least slowly start coming down. What's the one thing you wish people understood about the virus and the pandemic, given that you've lost someone so special to you? So, you know, I've heard people personally say that the coronavirus isn't real. That they don't need to wear masks. At the time my dad died, there was no mask mandate. They didn't come about until I think the week of his death. So So, there was no, sorry, so there was no mask mandate in April 2020? March of 2020, there was no mask mandate. But that came in in April, was it? It came in early April. Okay. So it's like, you know, when people know, wear a mask. You may not think it's just because you may not have experienced the virus, whether it's yourself or a family member, does not mean this virus does not exist. Do everything you can to protect yourself. Because when it comes, it's not no, it's not gonna come like no common cold is going to come in a much serious way.